Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supported by thegeldedend.com. To browse and buy vintage lead shirts, player-signed prints, and classic memorabilia, go to thegeldedend.com. The Square Ball. By the fans, for the fans, since 1989. To buy the magazine, read the blog, and to download the podcast, visit thesquareball.net. Hello, this is John Deitch. I don't love to sound like Johnny Harrison for my Watford, but Paul Lambert got there first. It's the kind of transfer news that really sticks in my throat. Hello, welcome to podcast 43. Johnny's split, but we're not stopping. And I'm joined by Michael. Hello. Moscow White. Hello there. And Oddie. Hello. We've just put out issue six of the Square Ball fanzine. Uh, it went on sale for the Ipswich match, sold very well indeed. We've got about 250 copies left, which will go on sale against Birmingham. What's it got in it, gents? I think everyone bought it just because they wanted a last look at Housen um, on the cover. And, uh, oh, and a, a massive... Ken Bates' mask in the middle, which uh, proved to be um, a popular thing for the weekend. It's what all the kids are wearing now. Frightening their friends. The, I was, this one's got a functioning cake hole, though. That's what differentiates it from your average Bates out mask. And what's the purpose of this cake hole to which you're referring? Uh, you put cake through it. And? And wine. Why is that? Are you not familiar with the concept of human <laughs> beings eating? Just go with me on this. I'm just going for the benefit of the uh, for the audience. Have your cake and eat it, Yes. With our free Ken Bates cake hole face mask. But it doesn't say you can have your wine and drink it. But anyway, and it's got a picture of a fat Ben Fry. It's got everything, really. It also features another magnificent picture of Ben Fry with a moustache being <laughs> held up by a, a kind of Santa Claus Ken Bates. Well, Fry wrote for us this time, didn't he? He did. It was very good of him, actually. He took a, a break from his heavy rimming schedule. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a magnificent Andy Hughes interview where he tells us how good Leeds fans are. I don't know. I did. What he did. There's also a lovely entry from a Bradford City fan. Mm. It's not the article he initially promised, but you can see the emails um, which were exchanged between him and well, a, a drunk me while on my phone <laughs> at a bonfire. Um, and I received an email from him, and he wasn't he wasn't very happy. He was handed a photocopy of a previous issue which wrongly stated the reasons that Leeds are hated, and he would put the record straight once and for all. Except then he didn't. I really love the fact that photocopies of bits of our mag are being. Handed round at Bradford City. It was faxed to him. <laughs> Furious Bradford fans. And it made him so angry that he he, he really couldn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. 
So you can get that online, uh, either digitally, which costs a pound, or in paper format, 150-plus postage, or you can buy it at Ellen Road. But if you want to get it on the website, have a look at thesquareball.net. Right then, coming up in part three of the podcast, we'll be chatting to Phil Hay from the Yorkshire Evening Post. But before we get ahead of ourselves, let's do part one, which is white watching. First game in this bit, Crystal Palace won, Leeds won the draw away down at Sellers Park. Michael? I went, I believe. Um, <laughs> no, it was disappointing, all in all. We started quite poorly. They scored. Then it was nothing happened, really. They didn't seem particularly bothered attacking anymore. Um, they were happy to just see what we had, which wasn't very much. Then they had a man sent off and you expected us to come stronger. And we didn't really until Snodgrass came on and saved us again. Well, please, can we keep him? At least get to keep bits of him. If he has anything else removed before the end of the transfer window, a kidney, what else might, a bollock. We could just keep keep whatever he doesn't need, whatever he's got two of. You need two eyes, two arms. Maybe Ken could put them on eBay and generate some more revenue streams. Well, you've got to say fair play to Snoddy for coming back only a fortnight after having his uh, his bits removed. The bionic Snod. He's... Um, Tougher than medicine, stronger than science. He's like Aaron Brew is made in Scotland from girders. And it was a good goal as well. I think there were at least four passes in that move. Ooh, imagine that. <laughs> and, um, and one of them involved, um, well, at least two of the passes involved McCormack because he ran, he moved. Um, he passed the ball inside and then he ran a bit and then he, the ball was passed to somebody else and it went back to him. So this is almost, you know, expansive football and then he crossed it. Snodgrass. It was just like watching Barnsley. Did you get a sense when we went one behind so early that it was just going to be another one of those days? I didn't think we'd score, I must say, certainly until Snodgrass came on. We were Becchio was out of form again, didn't seem to win any headers. His first touch is still occasionally going to one of our players, but it's not meant to. He's trying to just control it and it's sort of bouncing off everywhere. In midfield, we just looked very short of ideas. They were, as I say, we were just passing the ball around in front of their back four who had a kind of attitude of, what are you going to do now? And we didn't know. I think as well, they may have, they went down to 10 men, but they started Spironi in goal. He was a damn fine keeper. Yeah, that save was, from, the double save was impressive. The one from Lees in particular was yeah, an amazing save. It's Clayton shot, isn't it? And then um, rebounds to Lees. And Lees, he does that. So you can tell he's celebrating. And then uh, Spironi just gets down and pushes it away. And Lees returns to his uh, neutral position of looking slightly disappointed with Take life. Take the positives from the game. I thought Lees did well. Won a lot in the air, looks very steady, and as he does in every game now, I think he's one of the highlights of this season. Please, can we keep him? (laughs) (laughs) We're not keeping any of these players. Don't get attached to them. (laughs) Do you think, I mean, whilst we're dishing out the cliches, uh, it was a classic case of not being able to break down 10 men. It's hard to play against 10 men. Although our our last three results maybe show otherwise. They did it it again last night in the Carling Cup. I caught a bit of it on the radio that they, they went down to Do 10 men. Do the cup men. competitions go this late in the year? <laughs> this one does. Um, I thought they're normally over by January. It's the semi-final, so the, it's not... Um, yeah, the Carling Cup always confuses me for a start. Don't make it even more confusing. Because they were defending a 1-0 lead from the first leg, they just... Uh, and then when they went down to 10 men, they seemed to do the same thing of just not trying to attack. Parked the bus, as it were. Yes, in front of their really good goalkeeper. So. Did you find yourself cheering for them? Against bit. Cardiff, yeah, yes, particularly because they've got Doogie. Yeah, just because one Cardiff should lose, and two, yeah, Doogie, Doogie will do. I like Doogie. That's I know, awesome. I know <laughs> how to Doogie. How was your day out in Croydon? Then did you manage to get back all right? Or it's a bloody long way from London. I would say, it's, I would suggest it's not in London. Given you get to London and then you've got about another four or five hours. I think of it's travel. a city in its own right. Don't quote me on this. Hey, maybe the listeners could tell us, or Oddie could just tell us. 
It is. It's a city in its own right, yeah. If you also know that, email in. <laughs> but, yeah, you kind of get to King's Cross and you generally think, right, 20 oh. minutes on a tube somewhere. We're, we're here now. Yeah. We're here. Yeah. But no. smoke? No. No. It was miles out. It was, an, it was a standard London away day, really. Sellers Park still looking as nice as ever. I, I don't mind Sellers Park, even though it's a dump. I kind of like that sort of ground. It's better than going somewhere boring. Coventry, where, you don't, where the ground, you can tell which side you're at, which is nice. Mm. I hate grounds where you can't, you, you get there and you think, is that the South Stand, the East Stand? Is it the strangely named sponsored stand? Just but, the continuation <laughs> of the stand I'm in. Yeah, this this is clear. You're in the shittest stand. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it easy when you're drunk. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and there's nice, at the back of the stand as well, the the girders are low enough so you can you can hold them and support yourself, which is nice. <laughs> that's almost that's pretty much the case. The top of the stand. I wonder if they've ever repaired that rust that I spotted up there in the Spurs replay. You can tell we haven't been playing very well, can't you? Because we're getting sidetracked with all this chit chat. That I mean. rust has always fascinated me. Don't pretend it isn't interesting. It segues nicely into the Ipswich match. Another poor performance. Rust. Yet they Does. were. Yet they were poorer than us. That was a great 3-1 win. Vintage. We put them to the sword. <laughs> it was never in doubt, that result. This red card had that extra frisson of him just recently having finished alone. It was good. You could tell when our players ran in to say, he's unballed it. There seemed to be a moment of, we kind of like him. <laughs> Don't want Nobody was going to be waving imaginary red cards at him, but it was more... He had a, he had a little, little chuckle to on. himself in the tunnel. Go it on, was, fuck off. In the way, some... he just fell on his back. So it was somewhat what he'd done. unique in it because normally when a keeper handles it outside the box, they've been tending to go for it with something else, and it hits the hand, or they're just sort of sliding across the ground. But this had it was going over him, and he caught it, and you could see his head kind of drop as he was in the air. Still, there's is it, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's in my hands, and I'm in the. He couldn't even sort of throw it out and pretend he was he was in his box. It was Sonko's fault. He did it to prevent a goal, didn't he? Oh Sonko, yeah, it was going over his head, and it was yeah. Just, Sonko just did a mental backheader, and the only thing he could do he to was stop a goal in that was game to save him. Sonko, I think you'd think Bates had paid him off, except we know how much he pays our players. Sounds like a foreign beard as Sonko. I love it. Well, he played as if he was drunk, Dan. <laughs> did you see? And that was a bad head. <laughs> no. uh, um, moving on his pass to Snodgrass was fantastic oh, it was. it's just it's the magnetism of the man that footballers even from opposition teams they just look at him and must give ball to Snodgrass and it took me go. three replays to realise it was him that had done it because I presumed it was one of our players because it was perfectly weighted it was better than most passes that he gets the um, commentary from Eddie Gray on this is um I actually recorded it and uh, put it out on the internet. It's worth listening to because I've never heard Eddie Gray laugh so much. Well, he was obviously watching a replay. Look at him, look at him. And then he just stopped. He, he must have just thrown up his hands and laughed. And that's how bad Ipswich's defence was. The only thing I could liken it to was the 6-4 Preston game where one of their players kind of battled to keep it in and headed it across to Bruce. It was a kind of going that extra mile to make it easy. I mean, our defence, it gifts things, but not generally like this this was brilliant and then the next goal it was every time the ball went into the gap between their goalkeeper and the back four they just they just started running in in zigzags in away from each other it's the sort of game that proves Charles Reap correct with his get it in the mixer it was um, it was Sonko again so he got three assists what did he do on that one He's... he let it bounce on this one and then but wasn't it someone else who made the final error it was somebody else for for um Becchio's goal. Oh, of course it was. That was oh, in fact, that was Thomas Jefferson Smith. 
His middle name is is Jefferson, which I I thought was good. At least he, he's got a little bit of presidential pride. But yeah, that was just a hoof <laughs> hoof from Lonergan and then Becchio, uh, as he did in the old days, bullied a bit of a defender out of the way and then good finish, s- tight angle, Beckford at Old Trafford esque, mm, mm, very much so. Sorry. Not quite the same style of celebration. Sexier, yeah. Some have said <laughs> almost too brief. I would have liked to know where he was going with that celebration because he started he started off doing a kind of a sexy sort of limp-wristed dance and then just gave it up for straight-out pelvic thrusts and then the rest of his teammates appeared. I'd like to know what was coming next. Some kind of dirty protest. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's seven points from nine then in the league this year. Are we getting a bit better? Promotion form. It totally overlooks the fact that we've been terrible in all the games and people get keep getting sent Lots off. Lots of red cards a, are helping. A better than even chance. And also it's worth mentioning the Burnley goals as well which are in this same period. So we beat Burnley with two ridiculous goals beat Ipswich with three ridiculous goals. <laughs> so we scored we scored one decent goal in these three games. The Leeds United Circus is uh, proving better than the football team. But we're ninth and one point off Birmingham in sixth. It's not too bad. I think the only problem is, and we'll probably talk about this when we preview the game, is that we've all got that feeling that although we're all only one point from Birmingham, they're a lot better than us. And so are a lot of other teams as well. The table the table yeah. may not lie. I think it's telling fibs at the moment. Right, in this bit we talk about ins and outs. There's been one significant out. Can anybody guess who that may be? Bates. Johnny Houser. Ken Parker. Johnny, he's gone missing again. This time all the way to East Anglia. Bye-bye, Johnny. Two million in the bank. Johnny's reunited with Johnson down there in, in Norwich. Who would have thought when we were battling out with Norwich at the top of League One that a couple of years later they'd be in the Premier League with our team? Paul Lambert seems to be wanting to acquire everything from us because he put a bid in for Snoddy in the summer, didn't he? Yeah, he'll be sniffing around Clayton next. So what, gents, are your thoughts on this departure? Another sad occurrence to add to a list of sad occurrences in recent years. Well, let's not pretend we all thought it was brilliant because he got a lot of stick on this podcast and from other people. I think the reason people are upset is what it represents, which is essentially we're not really a football team anymore. Because whatever we thought of him, Grayson thought an awful lot of him because he played him every game, he was his captain, he has done for three years and we've just got rid of him because we're not going up and we can't pay him enough and there's no point. Part of um, Ken's justification for it, he says, when he just says, furthermore, he hurt his leg against Millwall, so... It's kind of like he hurt his leg, so we're selling him. Or the whole thing just seems really avoidable. If we had a decent sort of ambitious wage structure at the club and actually paid money into the football side of things, we could afford to tempt somebody, well, to at least convince somebody not to go to Norwich. Your captain, a Leeds-born lad who's been there since he was nine, ten? Seven. Seven. And he advanced on seven. <laughs> I think it was seven, he said. Now, it's what it represents, isn't it? It's the fact that it's us conceding, essentially, that we are not going to go up and Housen's just basically held up a big placard saying, look, everyone, we're not going to go up. This is an admission. We're not going to go up. Also, our central midfield has been bad enough this year without... We've, well, we've seen the midfield without Housen in it. We don't have any better options. And that's it. He's, we've given him stick, but part, part of the stick we've given him is the understanding that he's 23 years old and it's all like he's going to be around long enough that we can tease him constantly. Um, because he wasn't going to go anywhere, so it felt like there was no risk involved in teasing Johnny House. And at some point, he has a 27, 28, he could turn out to be a really, really good player and just get the consistency and do all the time the things that we've seen him do sometimes and be good. But 
he's going to get to the Premier League before we are. So for all the times we've ever laughed at his going missing routines and his little Johnny Wanniness, he's gone. We're still here. He was our little Johnny Wanny. He was our little Johnny Wanny. And, and you look to like the example of Bradley Johnson, who we all, all said he's not a Premier League footballer, but you know he's he's making a decent fist of it, isn't he? He's on the, the fringes of the England squad. Well, you know, but it goes to show that perhaps we're not the greatest judges of of footballers because obviously football managers see better things and greater qualities in these players. I think it shows that a lot of it is down to profile. That if you're decent and can get into the Premier League, you suddenly your profile just goes oomph, and uh, headbutting Joey Barton doesn't do you any harm. But um, people just notice you and they become aware of you, whereas if you're just toiling away in a mid-table second division club, so it doesn't matter how good you are, you're not going to get picked for England and you're not going to get interviewed on Sky Sports all the time and all the hot and cold running women that East Anglia has to offer. If that's what Johnny's after. I mean, he's a married man with a kid, maybe. that's what he's, But you know what I mean? There is just, if, you, if you're a footballer and you want to be in the Premier League, I think there is a big gulf in attention not necessarily a massive gulf in ability required to play there, which makes it so much more annoying that we let these two players go. And we let, I mean, we let Johnson go on the basis as well, that we would be getting someone better. And instead we got Michael Brown and we've let Housen go on the basis that the money will be reinvested and it won't be. <laughs> well, we don't know for sure, do we? But there's little faith at the minute that that's the case. Ken has actually today in the, in the program on Saturday and today he's he's tried to I think this is his attempt at transparency by telling us how little he spends on the football team and it kind of backfires because he he mentioned on Saturday that Grayson had overspent we gave him nine million pound budget and we've overspent by two million he says that just goes to show that we're backing him and um, Eddie Gray after the game was saying how he was amazed that we had we were spending so much money. So I think that's high, and he'd obviously not looked at the wage bill of any other club in the division. But he's like, that seems high. Do you not think that's high? I gave um, him one sheet of toilet paper, and he came back and asked for another. Um, and then he's he's clarified it today that it's not the wage bill; it's all the money that it's, we. It's, it's the pot, isn't it? It's the pot. It's transfers, agents' fees, wages. Nine and a half million pounds, and we expected to get promotion on nine and a half million pounds. We've got a turnover of 30 million, and all we can spare for the football team is a measly nine and a half million. Of course, it's not going to bloody work, and of course, the players aren't being paid as much as Norwich and Bristol and St. Etienne can pay them. So, of course, they're not going to stay. Oh, and the bloody grade or money, while we're on a brief baits, hobby horse. Due to exchange rates, we've lost 6% of the Gradle fee because he presumably hadn't noticed that we were going to be paid in French francs. And Well, French... <laughs> in French francs circa 1968. We would lose money then. Euros, as they're known now. Um, the French euro? And he, <laughs> in French euros. And he hasn't bothered to, to tie that down to an actual pounds and pence amount. I imagine Harvey taking it to one of those rip-off places in the airport. Get a big case of money and go, just put this into pounds, would you? Well, that's, that's not as much as I thought was there. Because <laughs> it's like um, Lira used to be when you've got thousands and thousands of pounds in, of Lira in notes and it turns out, oh, it's, oh, it's only a couple of quid. Oh, I suppose we can get a beer at the airport, can't we? And that'll be all right. Yeah, I think it works out at about six... I can't remember if it was thirty thousand pounds or sixty thousand pounds, but that's we've lost just on the grade or deal. Just Coming off your salary is that, Sean? That's what I'd say yeah. to him. <laughs> well, it won't though. It'll come out of Simon's pot and make Simon's pot even more tinny, <laughs> tinny and hollow than it sounded already. I did see it suggested on forum today as well that maybe Bates asked him what 
colour carpets he preferred in the uh, <laughs> in the new boxes, and then went right. Let's come in on your budget. <laughs> <laughs> so Johnny's gone. No one's really happy. Protests have resumed. However, whilst all this was going on, Fabian Delph has returned on loan for a full month, but wants to stay for longer, which is good news. Yeah, Villa don't want him to stay for longer, don't they? Because he's been in their first team. I think they just want to keep him playing. And if- they quite like him, and they'd like him to keep playing for them. Is that why they bought him? I think from us, yeah. possibly. Yeah, he's like a new signing, though. I've got to say that for him. And maybe if we offered Aston Villa the East Stand, if we just said you can have all these executive boxes and swap them for Delph, like like we did. I was quite excited by Delph coming back because I thought a midfield of Delph, Clayton, and House, and stick House in his uh, platini role, and and everything's going to be great. And Townsend, of course. Townsend on the wing, Snodgrass on the other wing. If there's an upper limit to the number of good players that were actually allowed at a time. Like if you want another toy, you're going to have to give one of them away. <laughs> Football's well, supposed to be fun, and I want all my toys now. Especially if they're only coming on loan. It's not like we can even keep him. Speaking of Villa Lonies, Eric Lehigh... And he's ru- ours anyway. Eric Lehigh rumours have resurfaced. He's theirs. Well, he's America's. All very much dependent sort of on Villa's right-back cover, his recovery from injury. Connolly's not coming back, is he? Blown it. Doesn't look like it. Oh, well. Him and his little scouse entourage with Billy Painter. They can both go. <laughs> we'll all go to Tramier and catch up with Robbo. So, yeah, would we like to see him back, assuming he can actually run now still? His recovery does seem to be taking a long time because we've been saying basically since the summer that once he's fit, in for Lehigh. Was that yeah. a hip injury? Was it? it was pretty cool. No, I don't know, just a general body blow. If he's playing fullback for Leeds, he may have had a, a Parker-style breakdown. And against the backdrop of these ins and outs, uh, Robert Snodgrass's contract is quietly ticking away down to a year and a half. Apparently, Simon Grayson states that we offered him a contract, well, we say improvement, we don't know for sure, but we offered him a contract as a courtesy after receiving a bid from Norwich in the summer. Idiots. Apparently, he's he's not even our highest paid player and we haven't even offered, well, this is where it gets into the rumour territory, but the reports that this Duncan Castles fellow, if I always think if a journalist puts the name to it, there at least there's got to be something there, otherwise they wouldn't be willing to be... Um, Drip-fed information by the club. Yeah, but but the information that he, appears, that he was fed is that we didn't even offer to make him our highest-paid player. And why why would you invite... Right, we'll sort, we'll sort Snoddy's contract out today. Oh, yeah, what are we giving him? Yeah, not much. And then when what he... What does Zach Thompson earn? Ah, stick stick twenty quid a week on top. <laughs> when he marches out, so he can out, use the gym when he wants. When he marches out in in disgust, like, well, I'm surprised that didn't go better. <laughs> just just increase the size of Simon's pot, decrease the size of the executive box pot, give it all to Robert Snodgrass, close down the rest of the club. I don't care. <laughs> I'll just go and watch Snoddy all the time. But yeah, the, what we've written at the end here: tick tock, tick tock. Indeed, and Adam Clayton, rumours of bids <laughs> rumors of bids from Bolton, but he's made it clear he wants to stay, despite his allegedly meagre wages. Yeah, made it clear he wants to stay, but for me, my future's at Leeds United for the minute. And hopefully for the foreseeable future. Gosh. So we've got a minute in the That's foreseeable a real, future. A real commitment. Uh, oh, Jesus. Anyway, Alex Bruce could be chucking up all the way over the pond with LA Galaxy, you vomiting on David Beckham, maybe. You wouldn't want to fly with him all the way out there. Would we be bothered? Do we want him to go? I think it'd be hilarious. I look forward to watching him struggle in the uh, 
It's it's a bit better than Huddersfield. We kind of the anyway. reverse of my California man plot from the last podcast. Coming the other way, then the Robbie Rogers has now got his work permit sorted. He's allowed to work here. Well, mm, not but, quite. Uh, international clearance and visa and red tape. Oh, is there still some more red tape? Yeah, and then he's got to go on the Krypton factor. He's got to complete that. He's got to. Com- he's got to uh, not not get trapped in the crystal maze. He's, and um, I believe there's also an IQ test required, and then he may finally be able to make his debut. It's going to be so underwhelming, isn't it? Um, Alex Cairns signed a two-year contract. He might be good, he might be good, we don't know. He's um, signed off on Twitter, so he's definitely, that means he might be coming. Alex Cairns, 19-year-old keeper, signed a two-year contract. Better than wrong. (laughs) That's all we know of him so far. Well, like a new signing. Well done, next. Right, Will Hatfield, uh, 20 years old, midfielder. He's been allowed to leave, come through the youth ranks. Now he's uh, buzzed off on loan to Halifax Town. Well, FC Halifax Town. It's not alone. He's gone. This is forever. I didn't mean loan. I meant for good. Yeah. I'm just so used to hearing the word loan. (laughs) Good luck to him and good luck to Halifax. I quite like Halifax. Neil Aspin as manager, the skull. That's all right in there. He's all, he came on as a sub for them in a, a game that I don't know if they Only won, last lost or draw. Uh, Will Hatfield. Ben Parker spotted alive somewhere near the M6. <laughs> Rumours of. They'd have to close the moot. You make it sound like a deer's gone loose on the boat. <laughs> They've closed both carriageways due to an, an animal. On a the loose road. Ben Parker. <laughs> all this because he uh, is supposed to be in the throes of a loan to Carlisle. Poor soul. And it well, was hastily arranged after his um, clangor that was dropped in the pavilion. Well, it wasn't a clangor, Where he got it? on the mic yeah. and went, Johnny doesn't want to leave! <laughs> Get off me! Get off me! <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad as hell and I won't take it anymore. Yeah, I think um, the deal depends on whether the NHS in uh, in Cumbria can actually afford to have him in the county. <laughs> what booper? Uh, do they have a booper in, in I don't Cumbria? Know, I think Mountain Rescue have, uh, have said, no, 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 no. Their helicopters can't, can't handle being called out all the time. Somebody who's been on trial, Matty Patterson. Somebody talked to me about Mr. Patterson. I'd forgotten about Matty Patterson until we were linked with him and I, and I, I looked him up and discovered... I remembered the story, but I didn't remember the name about the... Uh, you think you forgot that face? <laughs> about the Norwich player that um, drove drunk to training in, um, <laughs> in just his pants. <sighs> and now he's coming here. And uh, my favourite part of the way that story's written is where it says, uh, Matty Patterson whose nickname at the club is Party. Party. <laughs> oh, God. So that'll go well. Yeah, and he's he's been Drunk to, driver, um, you say? There's no excuse for being a morning after drunk drive footballer in I just his pants. I don't think this was so much as morning after, though. I think given he was driving to training on a Sunday when he didn't have training, I think he'd very <laughs> I think he'd very recently come in from a from a nightclub. He's a drunk driver. Well, him and Delph will have yeah. something to talk about, at least. They share stories in the heart of the midfield, can't they? He's, share a taxi. <laughs> that would be the guys. responsible thing to do and put some trousers on <laughs> for crying out loud yeah he's coming from um, his last club's Mamelodi Sundowns which is where we got Phil singer from Phil singer was a more handsome man just get a look at Matty at Party Patterson's face <laughs> and just see what we've got to look forward to if he signs well we have played that um, behind closed doors friendly versus Celtic haven't we he scored in that game as did Mr William buses all coming at once painter National Express to Chesterfield maybe coming for him. There's a rumour of a loan. Indeed. Um, rumours continue to be uh, very I prevalent. Mean the the rumour of a goal is hard enough to believe. <laughs> the rumour of a loan would be was too it much. Was wasn't it? Oh, that, I can't imagine. Apparently, um, apparently nobody who witnessed it has yet recovered their sight. <laughs> they can't describe what, what has been seen can never be unseen. 
Regarding uh, rumours, Sammy Klingon and Richie Wellens both rumoured to be coming in uh, in central midfield also. be interesting to see how that one plays out. I mean, Klingon, we've been talking about this for ages. Well, Wellens, did he play in the playoff final? I've got a memory. I meant to check. I've got memories of him being great for Doncaster. It may not have been the playoff final. But we just... did make them look a little bit like Brazil on that day, didn't we? I mean, yeah. and I mean, Jason Price looked quite good on that day. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought that a team with Sammy Klingon and Gary McSheffrey wouldn't be climbing the... Uh, climbing the I almost said the charts, but they call them league tables in football, don't they? Climbing the hip parade. Generally, yeah. And he's not well liked, is he, at Coventry? Are they, Gary McSheffrey? No, they're no, he's not liked they, anywhere. They love a wanker down there. Klingon. Klingon. No, Klingon. I don't think so. Maybe they just resent him. Hopefully they resent him because he's good. Well, protests have resumed off the pitch. I don't know why people are moaning because we've now got a second Category C game this season, so... What's wrong with people? Brighton at home. And it's a Saturday 3pm kickoff, so it's kind of, it's actually almost like getting close to being reasonable football. You almost wonder why they've made it Category C when it's... We've oh, had, don't stop. We've had, but we've had midweek games against crap teams that have been Category A, and then all of a sudden a Saturday when it might have been an all right crowd anyway. As It's almost as if... <laughs> not with those protests, it won't be. <laughs> almost as if the club are panicking. Well, there's never been any logic to the categories. No. Trying to ask, I think asking for a logical approach to the category system will be too much. Just small I actually stats. think it's it's something to do with the policing bills. You think? Yep, yeah, it is. And I think some categories are... They're a possibly, rough lot from yeah, Brighton, links, though. Possibly. They're linked to our categories, are they? Yeah, they are. It's the police bills and the scale of policing. Brighton, are a, they can be a rowdy do. And finally, as we just said, the protests have resumed at Ellen Road in the wake of house and sale. Seem to be gathering momentum and... Uh, Leeds United Supporters Trust today put out that uh, statement outlining a positive vision for the future, really, which is something I think we Which is more than we do. (laughs) (laughs) But no, get behind it. It it does make sense. We just handed out a load of masks of Ken Bates' face (laughs) and said, get on, make a positive future out of that. No, it's, I mean, it's been a hectic week. Sit-down protests outside the East End development on the day, I think. Ken declared it officially open. You mentioned it. Like the whole thing is now finally done. And the first thing that happens is we sell house and then go and occupy the car park immediately outside. And um, and then, yeah, and then the uh, the, the trust has um, got itself up and running. It's trying to sort of take the energy, the protests, and try to use it for something actually good. The Square Ball Podcast, supported by thegeldedend.com. Part three now of the Square Ball Podcast. And I am delighted to say we are joined on the telephone now by the Leeds United reporter from the Yorkshire Evening Post, that's Phil Hay. You all right, Phil? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Good evening, gentlemen. Yes, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Questions then, right, what do you make of this Johnny Housen sale? It's funny, uh, over the last five and a half years in, in doing this job, there have been plenty of controversial moments and plenty of incidents that have kind of whipped up the eye of the fans, but it's difficult to remember something that, that seemed to exercise people as much as this. I mean, time kind of dulls your memory slightly, and I'm sure 2007, the, the summer of the insolvency, must have been every bit as bad, if not worse. But it's quite rare to see a, a reaction like this. And, I mean, it's for me, it's, on the outside of the club, you probably see it in the context of, of Leeds United selling their captain, and, and clearly that, that's significant and, and doesn't look good. But I think that there's a wider issue here, and really it's the fact that, that it's another player who, who's reached the, the back end of his contract, another player who, who's reached the position contractually where the club either feel obliged to, to sell him or, or resign themselves to lose him on a free transfer. It's not the first time it's happened. I, I don't think it's going to be the last either to look at the other players who are in the squad at the moment. Um, and, I mean, there were two sides to it, really. I don't think the club had a lot of option but to take the offer. Um, I, 
as far as I could understand, I don't think Johnny was intended to take up a contract if the club hadn't been promoted. And, and you'd say that £2 million for a player, or, or whatever the fee is, it's obviously undisclosed, for a player in that position is good money given that, that he will be out of contract. But as I say, the other side to it is that, that in terms of team building and squad building, it doesn't help when players of that standard are, are moving on as regularly as they seem to do. And, you know, I'm sad to see Johnny go. I'm, I'm you know, I know he, he was criticised a lot. I know not everybody thought highly of him, but but I had a very high opinion of him. I thought he was a very gifted footballer. I thought he was a, a terrific lad and, and actually a really good captain as well, a good ambassador for the club. And, and you know, playing for Leeds obviously meant a lot to him. It, it was never a question of whether it mattered. And I think you need people like that at the club. And it, it's it's a shame to see him go. Can you understand the fans' anger and ire? Do you think it's justified? I think it is. As I say, I don't think this is specifically about House. And a lot of people will be sad to see him go because he is a good player and a, and a very good player at that. You know, clearly good enough for the championship. And, you know, by Paul Lambert's judgment, possibly good enough for the Premier League as well. I always thought that with better players around him, he would, he would cope fine in the Premier League. But I think it's the fact that, that again, you're seeing another player, a good player leave. We've seen it with Max Gradle, uh, Jermaine Beckford, Bradley Johnson, Neil Kilkenny. Um, and, and to some extent, Casper Schmeichel, although I think Grayson was as, as happy to, to look for a new keeper as Leeds were to sell Schmeichel last summer. But it has happened before. And, and again, as I say, you'd you look for, for strong team building over a, a concerted period of time. You, you look for deals that, that give the manager a, a bit of stability that, that mean that, that the score he's got is not massively changed season to season. And, you know, I, as I say, it's not the first time this has happened. And from speaking to the, the supporters I know and, and the people I, I saw around Ellen Road on Saturday, it wasn't so much the fact that it was housing that was that was frustrating people. It was the fact that they were looking at this and thinking, here we go again. It's another good player who, who is leaving with his contract running down. Another good player that, that the club haven't been able to tie down and and I really do understand the frustration I, I do Phil did you get any indication that there was any prospect of House and signing a contract in the last point of the last two years because one thing that occurred to me is why they couldn't give him a, a contract that would run beyond this summer but with a get out clause so if a bid came in for him from a Premier League club he still had the option to go and we still had the option of getting money but we could keep him for the whole of this season without this business of basically always having to let players go three or four months early just in case something happens in the summer that means we don't get a fee has there been any sign of a way out of that? Not especially I mean I, I would say going back to September October time um, around the time when, when we knew that Johnny had a, a new contract offered to him it, it, was, it became quite clear pretty quickly that that he was having doubts and, and was a little reluctant to tie himself down. I, I think if, if he was being brutally honest, he would say that, that he, he wanted to play in the Premier League and wasn't 100% convinced, and I can understand this, that the Leeds were going to get there this season. Um, I... I honestly don't think that he would have expected a bid to come in for him now. I think he would have expected to have made this decision in the summer, um, especially given that he's injured. I'm not sure that even, even Leeds would have anticipated a, a bit of that size. But my understanding was that, that had Leeds not gone up this season, it was highly likely he would have gone in the summer. As you say, I mean, it's always always spoken about really when um, when these situations come round, some sort of deal that, that has clauses or, or, or pay related. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. To, to which division the club are in, and, and like you say, get-out clauses that, that presumably would uh, would allow that to happen. But from his point of view, I mean, had he, he not been expecting a bid to come in for him this month, it's obviously easier for him to move on a free transfer in the summer than it is to to, to look for a club to bid for him if there is a get-out get clause in his contract. And I don't doubt that, that he... That deep down he, he did want to stay, but I think he was looking at this from a, a professional point of view rather than a you know a personal point of view. I think he does does want to advance his career, and as I say, not necessarily convinced that he can do that quickly and or in the short term with Leeds. But as I say, there is another side to this, which is the fact that that his contract has run down, and also that that you know a player like that, a, a homegrown player who, who who the club does matter to, you know, it does have a, a very very high opinion of Leeds United. Is, is having doubts about where the club are going and, and whether that's in the short term or, or the long term. I think when, when someone like Housen starts giving those signals, you, you need to be a bit worried. I was going to say the worrying thing about all that is he's not the only player with professional ambitions at the club. And if they've all got the same worry, we're a bit screwed. Yeah, well, that, that's what a lot of people have been saying over the last week. And I, I think that is probably the the noise or the, the concern that the, the club must listen to really is that if there are doubts within the squad then, then then that is a problem and you know as things stand for example with Robert Snodgrass I know there's, there's a lot of talk about Ross McCormack's contract with Adam Clayton's about Aidan White but without any question with, with housing gone the the valuable player in the squad is, is Robert Snodgrass and you know he, he's 18 months away from the end of his contract which I think we can we can safely assume means he won't be sold this month I have to be honest I don't think the club would dare sell him this month after the, the reaction to the, the house and so on but also I think that they would look at him and say if they if they are going to do anything in the second half of the season he is the sort of player who, who has to stay I mean you know, if, if Housen had been injured until until March, if he'd only been able to play ten, twelve games, then you, you can't debate how much input he he would have had. Uh, but with regards to Snodgrass, you know, in, in six months' time, we're going to be in the same position as we are as we were with, with Max Grado this time last year. And and I honestly don't think that the club could promise at the moment that, that Snodgrass will be here at, at the start of next season. It, it, Unless they're promoted, really. And, and in a way, that's almost been the catchphrase for the season. If, if they're promoted, you would assume that there's a very, very good chance of Snodgrass staying. If if they aren't, then you really have to wonder if he, like like other players before him, is going to say, look, I'm, I'm 24, 25, I'm, I'm an international, I've, I've got a lot of prospects down here and, and the time's right to move on. And, and I have to be honest, a player as good as that, you couldn't blame him if he, if he took that attitude. 
You interviewed Sean Harvey last year. Yeah. Uh, you told me about the club's strategy would see them promoted. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's realistic then or now? I think they've got a chance this year. My my argument, and I, I've been saying since the start of the season that, that I didn't think the, the squad was strong enough. I, I didn't think that the first team was was necessarily strong enough either to to give them anything better than a chance of promotion. I think in this division, you always have a chance, or at least the majority of clubs will have a chance insofar as that the division is very, very even. Um, and I do think there are a lot of, some might say ordinary sides out there, but sides who essentially are evenly matched. And I think if you if you don't have a you know a half shout of, of sixth place, then then you have to say you're you're not a great team in the championship at the moment. But my argument was that the the dealing that went on in the summer and the the transfers that were made, the, the signings that went begging meant that the squad wasn't exceptional and it meant that they didn't have an exceptional chance of getting promoted. They did have a chance and they still do have a chance. I mean, they've, they've hung in somehow over the last two or three weeks and, you know, right on the edge of the playoffs again. And I, I can't say I'm optimistic, but at the same time, you have to say that, that they are in there. And, you know, a lot of other sides round about them who have been watched everybody so far this season um, are, are not remarkable in, in any way. But as I say, that, that was my concern during the summer was that... The, yeah, the strategy might work and, and they do have a chance. But I don't think that, that the way things were being done and, and the signings that were being made were giving them a, a really outstanding chance or were putting them in the, the bracket of the top two or three clubs in the division. They're in amongst the, a huge number who do have a chance of sixth, but you couldn't say on the basis of the performances this season not on the basis of the squad that, that they're any better than that. Why do you think the side's so inconsistent? I honestly can't explain that. Um, I think to some extent that they've lost key players who, who were, were fairly essential last season. Again, a bit like Johnny House, and I know Bradley Johnson took a, a lot of abuse and, and wasn't necessarily rated by everybody, but I, he had a great engine on him and really strong physical player, someone who, who could, could work for, for 90 minutes quite easily. And I, I think they've missed him and Kilkenny in, in the centre of midfield. I think as much as anything in the centre of midfield, they've missed a reliable and, and established partnership there, really, and, and that's what they had last season. And I do think they've missed Max Gradle as well, and an awful lot was made of the fact that the Danny Pugh coming in would, would make them more solid and would perhaps limit the number of goals they were conceding, but ultimately, with Gradle, you're talking about someone who'd scored 18 goals last season and who, you know, I felt over the course of the season, he was a player of the year, and I thought that was absolutely justified. I thought he was the best Leeds United player last season by, not by a distance but you know I, I, I thought he, he clearly stood out and and that to me was a, a very very big loss especially because he wasn't replaced immediately by a, a like for like player so I think they're, they're not the attacking force they were they're, they're not I don't think there's the same level of understanding that there was back when you know the front five were, were Johnson Kilkenny House and uh, front six sorry Johnson Kilkenny House and uh, Snodgrass Gradle and Becchio I think that that was a really fluid uh, unit with with real understanding of each other and admittedly the the defence struggled desperately last year and, and hasn't been perfect this year but I think they've just lost a little bit of their sharpness and a little bit of their edge going forward and, and that is kind of telling because I have to say it's an awful long time since I can last think of a, a well-created Leeds goal um, you'd probably be going back to either the Millwall game or the Forest game I think it's been a bit of a scramble since then um, and, and that does seem to be having an effect Do you think um, carrying on from that that Grayson he's been there a long time now do you think he's going to last a much longer time? I think I think he'd probably accept himself that that he he certainly needs to get the club into the playoffs this season. I don't. I mean, you, you never know with Leeds quite how what they're they're thinking um, inside their own walls and and, and what the, the target for him is or, or what the minimum requirement for Grayson is. I would have thought the playoffs at, at the very least. Um, there've been a lot of noises this season about 
you know, that how much they do want to win promotion. Although, as I was saying earlier with the squad, I think when you look at the squad and, and compare it to others in the division, I'm not sure they they can really mark promotion down as a, an absolute necessity or something they should be earning this season. They should be in with a chance, but I don't think they're, they're better than that necessarily. Um, yeah, but like you say with Grayson, he's been here for three years now. This is very much his team and his players, um, or at least the, the players that he's signed. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think a, a playoff position is essential. If if they don't finish in the playoffs, I think questions will be asked of his job. Um, whether they'll be asked by the club, I don't know, but they'll certainly be, be asked by us. And, and that's absolutely inevitable because that's the way football is, really. Um, it, and I have to say, I'd, I'd feel sorry about that because he, he's got a very, very good record there. And I think it's quite easy to underestimate the, the pressure involved in that job. I've seen four or five people do it. And I would say that, that give or take, you know, odd periods of pressure, I think he's probably handled it as, as well as anybody and you're under constant scrutiny you're, you're always in in the spotlight he lives locally obviously so there's a, a lot of pressure in that respect as well and, and a lot of interest in him and I do think you know to, to survive three years in the job is, is quite an achievement really and as I say they're, they're still still on the fringes of the playoffs but, but what I've seen the last two and, two and a half months I think they're going to need a, a real real surge for the last three months to, to stay in there and, and to finish sixth in terms of trying to achieve that, do you think the next week until the close of the transfer deadline is probably one of the most important weeks in a long time for Leeds? Absolutely. Um, I, I actually felt the same about January last year and I don't think I was alone in, in feeling a little disappointed about what was done towards the end of the window. And we we saw Simon at Thorpe Arts last week and obviously the, the sale of housing was, was kind of key key in the, the topics of conversation um, also Fabian Delft coming in but but we, I did ask Simon I'd say to him it looks essential now that you have a strong finish to the transfer window you know for, from the point of view of the supporters who many of whom I, who I speak to seem disillusioned and uh, you know pretty downhearted about the way things are going um, and, and as I said I, I think the squad needs to be stronger I certainly think that the first team needs to be stronger I, I would like to see assuming that Paul Connolly is not going to have a look in which I think over the last few games it seemed likely that he won't do um, I think they need a right back um, uh, no disrespect at all to Zach Thompson but I think it's a big ask for, for him to see out the season in that position and I still think even with Delft coming in that a, another central midfielder is is needed um, it would it would help enormously to have a partnership there that, that is picking itself and, and I've been impressed with Adam Clayton in, in patches this season not so impressed in others um, and the, you know little periods where you would, would have liked to have had somebody else available you could have thrown in and, and given the chance to, to really you know really tie a position down as they say and um, a lot of talk about Keith Andrews I know he is a player that the club club I've looked at and, and it looks like he's trying to get out of his contract at, at Blackburn at the moment I think that would not be a bad shout at all assuming he's, he's fitting in shape um, someday of that ilk just to like I say to, to find a settled partnership in there because it, it really is needed in terms of trying to achieve the club's strategy then, do you think something needs to change? Because we've seen um, the Supports Trust have released their statement today outlining their uh, vision for this campaign for change. Do you think that something needs to change on a basic level at Leeds in order to uh, pull everyone together and get the club up into the Premier League? I don't think you can go forward indefinitely with the, the support as disillusioned as they are at the moment. I mean, I, I'm always wary of, of assuming that, that a protest applies to everybody and that every single Leeds United supporter is alienated or, or unhappy, but it's pretty clear from from the protest, but also from, from the statement from the Trust and you know the general atmosphere inside Ellen Road particularly, that, that people aren't especially happy with the direction of the club. And I think it it would be 
to the club's benefit, it would certainly help the supporters if if there was a bit of a, a reaching out to them and, and a bit of a, an appreciation of, of some of what they're arguing. I mean, certain, certain demands from supporters are, are unrealistic. Some some people, you know, make demands that don't really appreciate the way a club has to be run. But from what I listen to the supporters saying about the strength of the squad, the investment in the squad, you know, the, the sort of attention to the, the playing side, I, I, I appreciate what they're saying and, and I don't think much of what they're saying is, is wrong. As I say, I, I have concerns about the strength of the team and, and the squad myself and I do think the club need to listen to that I think they need to understand that, that there is a lot well, I don't know whether I'd call it a majority but there's a there is a large section of the support at the moment who who are, are not convinced by the club's direction and are not happy with it at all and you know the crowds have definitely dropped this season there's no doubt at all, at all about that it, it might be in part related to the you know the, the financial situation that, that everybody is in the, the economy but I think as well it Games at Ellen Road at the moment are, are not the events they were a year ago, and the atmosphere seems poor to me. It's very on edge. People don't, it's not not getting into the occasion as much as they were. Um, and you know, the, the club quite simply can't afford to, to lose ticket sales on mass. They can't afford for the crowds to go down, and they need to keep people involved and they need to keep people coming through the gates. And the way to do that is to, to have a good team that people want to watch and to have a happy support who who want to be there week in week out and who are turning up not out out of habit or because they feel they should, but are turning up because they want to be there. Do you think they need to open a dialogue with the fans or a better dialogue? I certainly think it would help. I mean, it's been an awful long time since you know the last time there were any serious discussions that I'm aware of between the, the supporters club and the club. Um, I mean, I, I, as far as I can understand, I, I don't think that relationship is ever going to improve. But the trust seem to be growing in numbers. I mean, they're starting to get up to a decent four-figure membership and, and member base. And, you know, that doesn't give them the credibility to speak for every single supporter, but it gives them the credibility to speak to, you know, for, for a large number. They've also got Nigel Martin on board, I think is a perfect figurehead really for them. He's, he's somebody with, with no axe to grind with anybody, somebody with a pretty squeaky clean reputation and, and well respected, one of the few players really who, who doesn't seem to divide opinion at all. I think you'd, a Leeds United fan who'd, who'd have a bad thing to say about him. So the, the opportunity is there and I think it, you know this time of all times it, it would seem opportune moment to do it really because there is unrest and, and people are do seem unhappy and I mean Simon Grayson said over the weekend if, if we start winning if we start winning games then you know the, the atmosphere will improve and I, I do agree with that to an extent but I think there are other, other issues at play here and you know other other things that are concerning people it isn't purely the results it isn't purely the, the squad it is it's issues such as you know the ticket prices which is, which have been there for a long time it's you know things that, that are to do with the club but are not necessarily to do with the team and, and I think the club do need to accept that I'm, I'm sure they, they are appreciative and, and they understand what is being said um, but I, I think there is a need now for them to react to it as, um, Personally and as a paper how difficult a position are you in um, as regards covering Leeds because obviously the, you see the BBC band the Guardian band I mean how fine a line do you feel you're treading? Not massively, to be honest. I mean, it's a bit of a misconception that if you write anything negative, you you get banned. Um, it, it isn't really like that. Although, I mean, as a paper, we have been banned in the past and, and others clearly are at the moment. But that said, uh, you know, you'd... You have to be careful, and you and you have to get your your stories right. You have to get your stories accurate. But as far as the protest goes, as far as you know, things like the sale of Johnny Housing goes, it, no concern at all about about getting involved in that and, and covering it as we did. I mean, a couple of very very critical columns last week, particularly from from Don Matthew, who, who was saying, you know, it it spoke of a, a lack of ambition, really, or the concern that that your captain is is uh, is going. And I mean, it's. 
it's, it's like everything. We have to be as fair as we can and, and we have to be to be fair to the club as, as much as we are fair to the views of, of the supporters. Um, some people will think we get that wrong. Some people would like us to go further than we do. I, I totally understand that, but we, we genuinely do do our best. And, you know, as far as not covering things that, that might cause, cause trouble with the club, it, it's never been like that. In the final part of the Square Ball podcast, we will look at the games that are coming up. And these ones straddling the border of January and February. We've got Birmingham City at home on the final day of the month, Tuesday, the 31st of January, transfer deadline day. Dun, dun, dun. Can we have a football match on when we could watch that on the telly? Isn't it a clash? Gotcha. You can't have football on when there's transfers to be to Well, that's be why that's why our deals fell through at the last minute. We were distracted by the... I'm just Hops, jumping ahead to the... Yeah. yeah. Hobson the DeLorean. And, yeah, this, what, this is what Ken's going to be saying because of the Birmingham match. Um, we were hoping to bring some players in around then, but because of the preparations, Grayson wasn't free. Um, and managers on, didn't want to let the players go. Yeah, because they had a, games on that night as on well. On a day ended in Y. Yeah, so there's nothing the, really we could have done about it. See, all through the second half, Ken will be in his uh, his new box in the East End, signalling at Grayson's, I need you to sign this. Can you come over here? Grayson, no, there's a game on. Come over here and sign this contract. <laughs> Why is it my P45? <laughs> or Caddickson unplugged the fax machine so they couldn't get anything to the FA. <laughs> Power cut in the East End. Anyway, yeah, so we've got Birmingham. Yes. Chance to lose. close the gap, go above them, start heading towards promotion, which is no. surely ours to lose. No. Or plummet down the league. Could go either way. You never know, they yeah. might have a man sent off. We can hope, can't we? That's would, what happens, isn't it, nowadays? It was about eight minutes injury time. Birmingham have a man sent off. I'm going to officially declare things to be getting weird. I think it's a football league conspiracy to keep Simon Grayson in a job. Because I'm sure when we were losing against Burnley and then again against Ipswich, his papers were all written up. He just needed signing off by someone. And then what happens? After the Ipswich Sonko game. Sonko happens. After the Ipswich game, Paul Jewell probably went around and was like, all right, life, was I've done my bit. You'll send me those videos later. You know, all right. <laughs> Dear mate. Uh, midweek game, category A. Again, we've we've spoken about it being linked into the potential police bill, and I guess it's going to be fairly substantial for Birmingham, who are known for being a little bit handy, shall we say, historically. People like Marlon King. Yeah. <laughs> but still, um, category A on a Tuesday night doesn't bode well for a full house. It doesn't. No. And We're not at 30, £36 a ticket. They won't be bringing many, I wouldn't have thought. And it doesn't bode well for... It's going to be a small attendance. It's not going to be a game where Leeds are going to dominate. Even if we do win it, it's going to be a snook because Birmingham are pretty good. Um, they're unbeaten in eight, one last four, not conceded in three. But these are the sort of games that we win. Well, the hope is they, they've lost seven away. They're good at home. They have lost a few away, but... Mm. I'm just worried that we seem to be playing with no confidence at the moment. We don't even try things. We could look to our inspirational of... cap, though. Just kind of hoofing things up towards Becchio, and that's not particularly working. Well, that and is our no, no one's willing captain. to try anything. That's our inspirational captain inspiring it, hoofing it at Becchio every time. Although, well, interestingly enough, he said um, the atmosphere at the ground was affecting some of the players. He did. We haven't talked about our new captain. Well, they shouldn't have to worry about this Birmingham match, should we? No. All the atmosphere of a blooming Mercury, I think. Pluto, rather. Do they have particularly different atmospheres in comparison to Welland Road? I meant one want to be cold and distant. The other one would be really close to the sun. And tonight's second special guest is Professor Brian Cox. <laughs> I mean, Zigic is going to be uh, nearer to those planetary bodies than either of us because he's very tall, isn't he? Hey, He's called Nicola as well, we have. He <laughs> <laughs> he's, got, he's got a girl's name, hasn't he? 
He scored against us. We conceded goals yeah. to a he girl. He as well. Mm. For, being such a foot, donkey. for being about nine foot tall, he scored with a tapping at Birmingham as well. Oh, I do get the feeling that uh, Howard Wilkinson sort of sits at home and maybe gets a tape of every Birmingham game. He goes, oh, what a player. If, if I'd only. Have, if if I'd only. Him. I knew a girl from Sheffield called Nicola once. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not optimistic about any of these games, you know. <laughs> Bristol, we're going to win. It's we've got, ridiculous. We've got points, haven't we, recently? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna beat Bristol. We'll have um, a defeat or perhaps a scoring draw with Birmingham. It's the most I'd hope out for. And then we'll go to Bristol and win. Remember last year when Snodgrass danced through their defence, and it was beautiful. We'll have more of that. Neil Kilkenny will set him up Sonko style. And sadly, we're not having our little romantic trip this year. No, no. We had a tiff, you two. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. talking about it on here for some reason as well. We've not got many tickets for that. Because, we, oh, is, do you think it's something to do with the fact that we had loads of drunk fans running at a fence and trying to attack the other fans last year? Or Well, it was, if you can't have a bit of fun on a day, <laughs> that was whenever Michael goes. <laughs> Whether it's football or not. Boys will be boys. Come on. There was no real trouble, though, was there? Bloody hell. Well, there, I was mean, a, there was a fence in that, a thousand policemen stood in the way. There was mm. a very retro pre-Taylor report entrance to the away stand at Bristol. It's just one single gangway that's about eight feet across. And that's got to let all the away fans in. There's so no was, backs on the seats either. Yeah, and unsurprisingly, that's where everyone chose to congregate when the home fans, which are right next to the gangway, started getting a bit Murphy-like. Police didn't like it anyway. Have they come from London? Started um, getting a bit Murphy. That's more like, that's the Bristol I know and love. What would Sean Dyche think? <laughs> you need to do some Sean Dyche impressions because it's probably the most popular thing we've ever done. He's, he's limited. He, I, well... I, to be perfectly honest, I can't do that voice for, for very long. It puts me out of action for a week. You don't hear him speaking between games either, do you? Maybe he, he, he keeps his uh, his throat I think as I, dry I, as an old riverbed. I may have under-egged it slightly, actually, having heard him on the Football <laughs> League show. So, Neil Kilkenny, let's talk about him. He's, uh, his career's going from strength to strength since he moved down there to the southwest. They were never going to be that good a team. I mean, they're a lot better than they were, it's worth saying. 19th. They were bottom. <laughs> and the results have picked up because they were quite adrift at one stage. But McInnes has come in and he actually seems to be doing yeah. quite a decent job, which is a bit of a shame. Although part of me wants to see them doing well so that Ken can't talk about them at every opportunity. Big spending Bristol City. Yeah. Once Leicester and Bristol are ahead of us in the table, it'll have nothing to talk about. <laughs> and how much have Bristol spent? It's about 300 grand, is it? Something like They've that. bought one player since the end of last season for a fee, £300,000. So unless they're paying... They really are dishing out the gold bars to Neil Kilkenny like nobody's business. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick my neck out and say that they're probably one of the few clubs that aren't necessarily outspending us for fun. OK, so two games then. Six points in the bag, yeah? I don't know about Bristol because they should score loads of goals because they've got Maynard and Adoma and Pittman, but they don't score many goals because they're crap. So, I don't know. Maynard, they might sell Maynard. So that'll... Um, God, how much do you think? If they sell Maynard to Wigan for like... I don't know, five million pounds, and Ken gets to hear about that. Woo wee! He won't be pleased. And if they spent it on a player, Bristol's in need of a hotel, though, right near that ground. But in Bristol, it'll be a, a boutique hippie establishment, and it'll be serving vegan food. It would not. Only, Ken went down there, and he's you know he has to he's greeted by somebody with dreadlocks wearing sandals who basically gives him a hessian sack to sleep in. I don't think it's going to quite reflect the business plan he has for Ellen Road. That doesn't necessarily answer the question of whether we're going to get six points or not from these two games. It didn't really, did it? I, I would gladly take three. I'll settle on three. I think we'll I get don't four. think we'll win either. But I'll take <laughs> so far, I will take three. 
It was all part of a conspiracy to keep Grayson going. Right, okay, let's move on to the Ken Bates Villain of the Fortnite Award. Um, this award goes to somebody who has contributed to the ongoing misery of being a Leeds United fan. Uh, some nominations for this time. Should be a couple of open goals on this one. Well, it was Ken. Ken who? What, what's his uh, his nomination for this time? He, he sold our captain, I Did believe. he? Mm. Right, so Ken Bates for selling our captain. Uh, our captain? You want to nominate Johnny for leaving? Not really, I'm just throwing him in. Okay. His mum had a... His mom had a did she win it once, Johnny Everson's mum? Yes, she, yes did. she did. And she poisoned him. I bet she advised him this time as well. She can have another go at poisoning him if she likes. Sending more sending more lasagna down there. Yeah, there's quite a few... I mean, there is an angle on Alison that he has um, left us for... Left us in the lurch for money and... Glamour. And glamour. In Norwich. He's always... And mustard. <laughs> money and mustard. Paul Lambert, just fuck off. Just stop it. <laughs> there, are, there are other players, other clubs have players for sale. Just fuck off. <laughs> well, my, but he hated us when we were playing him in League One. So and what do you think's happening and, now? He's just spiting us, isn't he? That's yeah. the thing. He's not going to play any of these players. He just wants to spite us. He's speculative bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think he needs those glasses. I think no. I think it, people have sort of seen... Gruff Scotsman, and he's thought, no, I'm a, I'm a intellectual. I'm a thunken man Scotsman. <laughs> Fuck off. I'm sick of him. I've never liked Norwich because Jeremy Goss had, um, Jer- Jeremy Goss and Steve Bruce both had uh, blonde curly hair. Like, who was that um, Who was that kid that went on Wogan in the 80s? Was the antiques dealer, was a 10 year old. Who turned into a tranny? Yeah. Uh, Norwich has always had a team of blokes like him, and just. <laughs> And now they've got right. our captain. I thought we dispensed. I'd with even he- have Bradley Johnson back if it meant I could piss Lambert off a bit. I thought we dispensed with the hate crimes on this podcast, but clearly not. Well, there was no hate crimes there. These are all th- it's just hate. Um, I'd quite like to add a nomination this fortnight and nominate the fake Steve Hodge who appeared on Twitter for being a fake Steve Hodge. <laughs> an odd, an odd reference. Yeah. I'm not sure why somebody would devote their time to doing that, but there was an odd Gary Glitter. You could have a Jeremy, a Jeremy Goss account. Start one. Ruin his good name. <laughs> so, so, you, so you're meant to pass, it was meant to pass that volley. <laughs> Did you see the um, the fake Gary Glitter that appeared on Twitter this week? It was done by somebody as an experiment to see how people reacted. That's a worthwhile experiment, sociologically speaking. Although it is a surefire way to get your laptop confiscated, <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> but Steve Hodge is a, an odd choice. He wasn't even doing anything particularly interesting with it. He was actually he was he got some people to follow some charities. He's asked a few people their opinion on football, and then um, Steve Hodge's son apparently rumbled him, and then he was like, "Ah, you got me." Oh, it wasn't the best Maybe idea you've ever had. Some obscure that you wouldn't automatically think we, it was a fake. We were also provided with information about fake Charlie Austin, um, actually being real Charlie Austin. Oh, really? Um, who then posted some stuff. His girlfriend replied to some of it. He then pretended it had never happened, deleted his account, by which time someone had started another account to parallel it and was reposting the stuff that he had said initially. Um, he deleted his account and said he's been hacked. It was a bit confusing. This but is like the it, Matrix. Appara- it apparently was him at one stage, but then it, when it was still on there, that wasn't him. Right. Can I lost. nominate uh, West Yorkshire Police as well? If you like, yeah. All right, Ken. <laughs> What's they done to you? Um, while selling said publication of the square ball on Saturday, I was moved because I was causing obstruction whilst on a sudden pavement, whilst, what, four or five hundred Leeds fans were congregating around the uh, Billy statue, and I was causing an obstruction. Maybe they thought they were congregating around you. Did all the girls have, like... Uh, Stop tar- it. <laughs> <laughs> were they all wearing tartan and screaming? And they have little tartan scarves and a lot of uh, 
Is that a Bay City Rollers joke? For yes. Younger listeners, yes. Okay, then, on to the winner. So, nominations, we have Ken Bates for selling Johnny Housen, Johnny Housen and or his mum for leaving or making him leave, Paul Lambert for stealing Johnny Housen and the rest of our midfield, uh, fake Charlie Austin, or not fake Charlie Austin, are we going to nominate him this time again just to make up the oh, He's not going to win it, but throw him in. Yeah. He might as well be in it. West Yorkshire Police for having the cheek to move you, Oddie, because you're an obstruction, and fake Steve Hodge for being fake Steve Hodge, or Fodge, as we might call him. <laughs> Is that okay? Yeah, it's fine. Silent S. <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, who are your votes for? Paul Lambert. Yeah, I feel strongly I, on Lambert. I'm going to go with that. He's also won more European Cups than us, which is a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a piss take. Well, just, You're just Paul Lambert. How are you somehow better than Leeds United? <laughs> You're only a person. We're a oh, football club. Yeah, Paul Lambert, well done. Nothing's in the post. You're not Martin O'Neill. Fuck off. <laughs> on to any other business then, gentlemen. Thomas Brolin, but he's um, Thomas Brolin used to be as big as a house. It's not anymore. <laughs> Seen the latest pictures? Big as a street. <laughs> <laughs> he's done an interview. I haven't seen the whole interview. I think I'm not sure if it was a Swedish. Was it shot in widescreen? Uh, hey, he said, "I love this." Firstly, well, I like um, there's a Howard Wilkinson in here, Wilkinsonism in here that I will treasure. Because uh, Brolin says that he only signed for Leeds because Wilco told him that he would be a spider in the net in the midfield. <laughs> Go on, Howard. <laughs> you, he probably thought, well, I'd, I'd better sign just to find out what that means. But uh, he, Brolin moaned in an interview that he was instead used as a winger. He said, it might not seem so fucking, which, I mean, foul mouth. I don't approve of this kind of language on our podcast, but as it's Brolin saying it, it's a direct quote. So, uh, children, if you're listening, this is not... Moscow White's telling you the bad words. This is Thomas Brolin. He said, It might not seem so fucking bad, but a winger in Leeds with the defensive responsibilities I was supposed to have, I was supposed to run up and down the wing like an idiot. Now, having just seen Wilkinson tell him to be a spider in the net in the midfield, I'm not sure that his next instruction would have been, actually, forget being a spider in the net in the midfield, just run up and down like an idiot. So I don't believe you, Thomas. But then he says, It wasn't me which I think he means rather than in the uh, sort of metaphysical sense that he wasn't actually there. It wasn't really him like in a Steady fashion, on shaggy. A fashion sense. <laughs> it wasn't me. I didn't even think it was fun. So I played as bad as poo. And again, <laughs> I'm sorry if anybody's offended by uh, Thomas's strong, strong words here, but yes. So um, because he wasn't, it wasn't fun and it wasn't him, his thing, he played as bad as poo. Which is a, an interesting new take. Yeah, we noticed. And anybody that saw him play will uh, back that up. I'm going to try and find the full interview, even if it's in foreign. I can stick it through Google Translate and then... Was there anything more we had? We We've got Michael, speaking of playing as bad as poo, Michael Dubry had an interesting Saturday. Oh, he scored a hat-trick, didn't he? He scored a perfect hat-trick. Oxford versus Hereford. Um, he scored left foot, header and right foot. So he could be... We've just sold house and... Get Dubry yeah. back. Could we get a couple of million for Dubs? Play him in the hole. The only problem with it was... A Dubry and Sonko. <laughs> Central defence, that's what we dream of. The only problem with it was the left foot goal was an own goal and the header was an own goal. But to his credit, the, the right foot one was at a 90th minute equaliser in a 2-2 draw. So if he hadn't gone through all that, admittedly, uh, his team would have won 1-0. So actually there's nothing to praise him for. He saved well, a draw. To be fair, he wouldn't have known where that header was going because he didn't... Did he really? <laughs> there was the disturbing picture that emerged of him as well, dressed as um, Princess, Princess Leia. Leia. Yeah. I never thought I'd see that, and I wish I hadn't. Yeah. What, what in particular disturbed you? The breasts, me. mainly. I think it was the breasts. Was yeah. it the breasts or the nipples? 
I, I count them as one and the same. <laughs> <laughs> no, officer, I never touched her nipples. <laughs> anyway, that's worth looking up, yeah. You did, though, didn't you? <laughs> Hey, listen, so issue six of the magazine went on sale versus Ipswich. We sold a shed load of them. There's about 250 left, which we will be selling um, at the Birmingham match. You can buy it online, either digitally or in paper form via the squareball.net. Remind me, somebody, very quickly, of the brilliant contents contained within... Ken Bates Mask, The Diary, loads of match reports. Statistical um, proof as well that Revy's team was the best team in the world. There is, and that's actually a really good. Uh, I enjoyed that from Steve Firth. He's done him. Um, he's done some solid research. Ben Fry with a mustache. There's a, the article about Jock Steen that we've uh, loaned. Uh, just like Leeds United, we get loan <laughs> articles now from uh, the Blizzard, which is uh, another football magazine, and uh, it's about his uh, Jock Steen's 44 days at Elland Road, which is a very interesting read. There is also an article about Tom Lees by Rich Aspinall and Michael's uh, finally published his championship manager article that's confession, his confession more or less that we've uh, we've managed to persuade him finally I'm yeah. basically a childish knobhead <laughs> <laughs> and the Andy Hughes interview as well which yeah. is a, a, a right good read and uh, did we mention the Ken Bates mask yes indeed we did Sven's written uh, about replicas of uh, apparently he's knocking out replica trophies like nobody's business is, uh, this Scandinavian is the um, supporters club. club branch in Scandinavia isn't it that donated and the uh, FA Cup replica to the club's museum. They'll raise all the money themselves. They'll get the thing made and then they'll just give it to you. So if your team needs a, or school needs a trophy, <laughs> then um, maybe you could con our, our Scandinavian supporters branch um, out of it. And uh, there's something about Johnny Housen and, and he's on the cover. And it's um, that sounds like a lot for £1.50. I think it jolly well is. So yeah, get that online via thesquareball.net or at Ellen Road. And I think that wraps it up for this time. Don't forget to get in touch with us. Podcast at thesquareball.net if you want to email us. If you want to get us, you can tweet at thesquareball and on Facebook too. That's it, chaps. Should we go? To Norwich. <sighs> yeah. See you later then. Bye from me. Bye from Michael. Bye-bye. Moscow White. Goodbye. And Oddie. Bye. As always, we'll speak to you in a fortnight. Have a good time. That was a big bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye. The Squareball Podcast, supported by thegeldedend.com. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is Sean Dyke. I love to. <laughs> 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 Did you Let's see how his team talks go. <laughs> right, lad. <laughs> Kick him in the fucking head. Oh, my I, I think I think you might have to go out of the room, my lad. Because <laughs> I don't we'll get through it. I'm going to get a drink from the vending machine. Come on, we'll go out and we can do it. Okay. Hello, this is Sean Dyche. I'd have loved to sign that Johnny Houston for my Watford, but Paul Lambert bloody got there first. It's the kind of transfer news that really sticks in my throat. I'll do it again, just in case first time went right. Hello, this is Sean Dyche. I'd love to sign that Johnny Housen for my Watford, but Paul Lambeau got there for... <laughs> fucking hell. I'll do it one more time. Last time now. Hello, this is Sean Dyche. I'd have loved to sign that Johnny Housen for my Watford, but Paul Lambert got there first. It's the kind of transfer news that really sticks in my throat. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.